Hi, and welcome to the Grant Thorne Risk and Regulation Unraveled podcast. This is our monthly review of regulatory developments, both those that have happened and those that we think are coming up. And and Ben, uh, I'm joined by ben, my colleague Ben Farmer. My name's David Moy. Um, ben, we've, uh, we, we're here, sitting here at the start of 2024. Um, I thought, in addition to rounding up what's happened in the last month or so, that we might want to consider what we think is going to be happening over the course of uh, course of the next 12 months. So uh, for those for those that are listening, uh, we're going to attempt to pull out our crystal balls. Don't take that the wrong way and uh, and gaze into the future to uh, to try and predict um, what we think some of the main regulatory developments are going to be uh, in the coming 12 months. I hope that's OK with you, Ben. Yeah, that sounds great. OK. But let's start. First of all, we are, we're sitting here in, in mid-Jan. Um, we uh, last recorded uh, shortly before Christmas. Uh, I'm assuming not much has happened in the intervening few weeks, but uh, because everyone's been out on Christmas breaks so or suffering the same kind of coughs and colds that I've been suffering from. Uh, but but I may be wrong. What, 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 what have you seen come through in terms of developments? Uh, yeah, there hasn't been a great deal, in all honesty, for all the reasons you've pointed out. Um, the FCA has put out a couple of press releases, one just highlighting the fact that the temporary permissions regime expired at midnight on New Year's Eve. Mm. So that that regime is now gone and dead and everyone who was in it, with a few exceptions to do with marketing, should now be in a fully authorised position or have left the UK market. Yes, OK. So so Brexit gets slightly closer to being, in inversely commas, done. Um there was yes, yeah, put out a recent webinar on the consumer duty titled "Consumer Duty Next Steps." Um, from what I've sort of seen and heard of it, there's been largely a reiteration of much of the recent messaging we've heard in in speeches and publications, particularly this idea that the consumer duty is not one and done, and emphasising the importance of a couple of things coming up this year: the first round of the annual board reports and the application of the duty, obviously, to closed products. Uh, so that, that webinar recording and transcript are both publicly available on the FCA website for anybody who missed it and who wants to catch up. Um, and, and finally, there was an, a press release titled Future Proofing Finance for Everyone, uh, which effectively sort of summarises what the FCA got up to in 2023. So as you'd expect, lots of talk about the consumer duty. Uh, there was a whole section on some of the actions they've taken to tackle online harms in what Nikhil Rathi described as digital frontiers where new opportunities and risks are fast emerging. Uh, so that's things like the new financial promotions rules for crypto, the various invest smart campaigns that they've been running, their work with influencers, that sort of thing. Um, fines in total for the year were just under 53 million pounds. Uh, they managed to successfully prosecute seven individuals, six of whom ended up in prison. So uh, don't be thinking the FCA hasn't got teeth. Mm. Uh, and then there's also a recap of some of the wider work they've done on areas such as uh, environmental, social governance, diversity and inclusion, the future regulatory framework, and so on. Okay, so kind of kind of aligns with um, how they describe their strategy and and, and the kind of priority yeah, areas. Yeah, very much. So recaps in each of those areas. Okay, very good, very good. Um, well, I guess I guess for all of this, it's performance review time of the year, isn't it? So we're probably all filling in kind of uh, documentation, saying what we've accomplished in the last in the last in the last year. Um, FCA clearly um, clearly have been uh, doing doing the same as as we have. Um, yeah. Okay, so I can play fifty three million quid's worth of income, sadly. No, no, no. But you've avoided jail, which is uh, which oh, is yeah, uh, true. Every cloud. Well, indeed, and 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 you know, proved some of us were wrong in our predictions. So the um, so not a great deal has happened in the last few weeks. That, that's to be that's to be expected. Let's um, let's take a forward look. And I think I I, 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 I I'm kind of channeling the uh, the the 
former US Defence Secretary uh, Donald Rumsfeld, of course, who uh, famously said, it talked about known knowns, unknown knowns and unknown unknowns. And I think I might have garbled that, but everyone remembers more or less. <laughs> so, because I think looking at looking ahead, I think I think there are degrees of certainty. There are things we know about. There are, there are things we strongly suspect or are kind of emerging. And then there are probably things we, where we're into kind of complete guesswork. And and I suspect as we talk talk about the year ahead, we'll, we might end up kind of categorising things in in those kind of categories. Uh, and certainly you know, within that spectrum, the regulatory initiatives grid in theory, that's the known knowns, isn't it? They're, they're very clear um, statements of intent. <clears throat> a, lot of it, a lot of those things are already in train. So so maybe that's a place to start. Uh, I guess a personal view, actually, Ben. What, what, when you look at the rig, and, and it was last updated at the end of November, so it's pretty recent, looking at 2024, what, what do you think of them? For you, what, what are the most important things you think are, are, are contained within it? Ooh. I think it's a, it's, it's a cliche to start every list of what's important with consumer duty at the moment, isn't it? But I lack imagination, so let's do yeah, that. Yeah, live, live um, It's, it's, it's going it. to be obviously applied to closed products as of the 31st of July this year. Um, I think a lot of sectors probably have a suspicion that actually the closed books are where the real skeletons are hiding. So actually, I do think in, in a lot of ways, this is almost more interesting than the initial application of it last year, because seeing how firms are going to try and... Uh, find all of those skeletons and face up to them and, and drag those products into compliance with the duty or what they're going to do about it if there are any products that they fundamentally can't make compliant with the duty. I think that'll be very interesting, potentially very challenging. I'm sure the regulator will become very interested if they decide any firms have got that balance a bit wrong. Yes, yes. So this is just pick, pick that out. I, I was, um, I, I, when I look at the rig, I think there's there's I see some areas where thinking is clearly developing. So there's, you know, maybe there's discussion papers, and we're we're going to expect further, further analysis and 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 further thinking. And in some ways, I think those are potentially the most important developments. They're um, uh, potentially the most sweeping changes ultimately, but it, it, things that may well not crystallise in 2024. Things like the advice guidance boundaries. So discussion paper published before Christmas, and there's going to be further work. Uh, obviously, feedback on the on that discussion paper for further work on potentially what could be a significant change in the new regime, um, um, and then there were, um, and then there were things that were sort of, sort of more um, more likely to impact in 2024, but possibly less sexy and interesting. Um, I'll throw in the expected consultation paper on SMCR changes to that, um, which sounded rather grand when it was being announced as an part of the Edinburgh reforms, but but I think we're all expecting it'll be fairly limited in terms of its actual its actual impact. Um, interestingly, so the uh, of course in the in the rig every every um, every initiative is rated in terms of its expected impact on the industry, sort of low, medium, high, and uh, and uh, there's a lot of interest in and, and we certainly talked about the 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 consultation paper on diversity and inclusion and there's going to be a policy statement on that in the second half of 2024. Um, that that's it. That's the, the impact of that is graded low, um, and I think that probably aligns with our reading of the consultation which was that you know for the for most of the bigger organizations to which it will apply they're probably either at or well beyond that that level already so it's probably not not going to move the dial much but i think you know it'll it'll get a lot of it'll get a lot of press coverage so in that sense it will be significant even if it probably doesn't you know cause a great deal of change in the in the industry well anything else on your list of when you look through the rig yeah, there's there's a couple more. One very similar vein to the consumer duty. There's a a post implementation review of the guidance for fair treatment of vulnerable customers expected mm. 
sometime yes. in the year. It doesn't really have a date next to it yet. Um, so this will be testing the effectiveness of firms' implementation of this guidance, which, interestingly, the FCA's marked this as low impact, which I get because it's not directly aimed at new rules. It's just a multi-firm thematic that they do all the time, basically. But I, I think with consumer duty and the, the current regulatory climate is not going to be sympathetic for any firms who aren't doing vulnerable customers support well. Right. And these, there's been a few of these multi-firm reviews of reasonably well-established rules, particularly, in, for example, the product governance space in the insurance sector recently, uh, which have thrown up some not particularly positive findings for the industry. And I've got a sneaking suspicion this one could go the same way and could very easily then spiral out into sort of supervisory follow-up yeah. questions. Yes, it's interesting, isn't it? It's, uh, it's. Uh, I think we've talked before, and it seems like in some ways it's been a long time coming. And I'm, I'm conscious that some supervisory activity, you know, when it's when it's focused on, for instance, uh, borrowers in arrears, borrowers in, 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 you know, there was a heavy overlap with vulnerability when the FCA kind of intervenes and takes supervisory action there. But, but at, by and large, we haven't seen, you know, let's let's challenge firms on their vulnerable customers' processes and governance. In a, in a broad way and 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 really um ask them to make Im improvements um you know, i think that's been a been a little while coming <clears throat> maybe this is the year where as you say that 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 feedback on that review uh, might might lead to something like that um i uh one of the things i was uh, i mean we, we kind of glossed over things like uh, you know more rules finalising around Basel 3.1, which is a, mainly a 2025 implementation. We've got a solvency two rules. So you know, these are these for the for the, uh, for the uh, regulatory reporting bods out there. This will, these will be quite exciting, I, I, I imagine, and, and more more detailed there than we would want to uh, get into on this score. But those are those are clearly um, arguably the most um, geopolitically <laughs> significant changes that that, that are included um, on an international basis. Um, I suppose I was going to say that I, I find interesting as directions to travel are um, what we're expecting to see around draft legislation. So this is there's an HM3 um, consultation on this, of course, draft legislation on um, crypto assets uh, with FCA rules to follow. Basically, it might, might all happen during 2024, if you believe the rig. Um, so, you know, bringing bringing crypto assets, the Bitcoins of this world in, into the regulatory perimeter. Um, certainly, if it's Bitcoin, if it's stable coin that's that's that's, that's domiciled in the UK at least, um, and work that's undertaken, and the FCA uh, and others are, are, are contributing to around um, fund tokenization. So this idea that you know when it comes to trading in funds, you're essentially trading a token; it's instantaneous, and uh, all those things, which which again is something that UK will need will need to do if it's going to remain you know internationally competitive in in, in the fund space. So, so I think those those are those are interesting. Um, is there anything else on, on your list? I've got a couple more I want. Um, yeah, so in, in, in a similar vein, um, ESG data and ratings. So mm. HM Treasury is currently reviewing the consultation responses it's had on that, I think. Um, and there's obviously the voluntary code of conduct that the FCA is already, I think, introducing. Um, and then they, they hint in the regulatory initiative is a grid that there is the potential for a new regulatory regime. So depending on what the scope of that ends up looking like, that could potentially be quite a demanding set of new rules, could have implications of there might be regulatory reporting underpinning it. There'll almost yeah. certainly be rules around financial promotions and yeah. you'd imagine product governance around, you know, making sure anything that's marketed as a green or a socially yeah. conscious product can actually uh, back that up. Maybe that's not new, new. We've been talking about that on and off all year, but 
yeah, actually having yeah. defined standards there will be interesting <laughs> yes, to see how far that runs. Well, and we've seen, uh, I know, finalised towards the end of last year, the, uh, the sustainability disclosure requirements for very specifically aimed at investment funds. But you read, you read those rules, you read the, the, the discussion paper, the consultation paper and policy statement, and it's very clear that this is this is the beginning of a process, and there's an expectation that similar standards will be applied to other to other products over time. So, so yeah, I agree that that that, that that's something to look out for. Um, the last two I, I have, which um, I think have the potential to be very significant again. Although you know the devil's in the detail. One is, well, one's one's an HMT process, so one's a government process around, around um, the uh, a consultation they intend to produce during the second half of 2024, according to the RIG, on modernising consumer credit law. So this is again, I think it's actually one of the Edinburgh reforms with this idea that the um, the Consumer Credit Act and all the law there will be um, moved into regu the regulatory environment. At which point, of course, it's probably easier to. To change, um, and but but also modernised in the process. Hence this hence this consultation. So, um, I think uh, if anyone in that in that industry would be highly interested in in that. Um, and the other one I thought uh, is going to uh, sort of impact on quite a significant number of firms is the um, uh, the consultation paper expecting the first half of the year on safeguarding rules for payment and e-money institutions. So they're already subject to a safeguarding regime, but it's Generally considered to be sort of safeguarding light compared to sort of the cash rules, the client money rules that that invest, investment managers, for instance, and brokers have to have to function under. So, um, and there have certainly been yeah issues and incidents uh, in 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 the money uh, world where um, uh, you know organisations have fallen over and safeguarding has, has clearly not been as safeguarding the client money has, has obviously not been as um, rigorous as it should have been. So. So I think for, for for firms in that sector, that's going to be a potentially a you know a step forward to, if, it, if it takes the sort of the road to cash equivalents um, in that process. Um, yeah. Anything else you want to say on on the rig? Uh, probably just a brief mention that there's a lot in there about operational resilience. Again, that's mm. not new. Um, the requirements on resilience now were published back in March 2021. Uh, the period during which firms have got to demonstrate they can remain within the impact tolerances they've set runs all the way through to March 2025. Uh, there's a host of other new rules coming in, particularly the oversight of critical third parties that we talked about on our last podcast. Uh, there'll be an incident and outsourcing and third party reporting consultation in the second half of this year. So I think that we, we already know that operational resilience is high profile, that uh, significant business disruption events tend to go badly for firms, yes. but just more tightening in that area. So anyone who's unfortunate enough to have more incidents, I think, will be finding they're getting more and more heat from the regulators every time. Yeah, yeah. And we see the tail end of 2023, but obviously the, the, the operational resilience concept and the regime is gradually being extended as the critical third parties rules are being consulted on, for instance, so they, you know, they'll pull in sort of tech providers and and, and another, another sort of non-FS organisations that are in the chain sector. So yeah, yeah, op, op resilience for FS firms and for the service providers of FS firms um, clearly, uh, clearly features in the rig. So let's. Uh, you, you, I mean, the rig, the rig as, as, as it's evolved is is very much about um, uh, you know the the development of new rules or guidance, and um, it doesn't really address other supervisory activity. Um, that's. Uh, that we pick up from you know, the business plans that the FCA and PRA produce, the thematic reviews, the I guess those you know, school person reviews and other and other 
another focus areas that focus supervision terms that are used to tools that they use um and as ever there's there's, there's an element there of uncertainty so yes yeah, so, yeah, i thought we'd talk maybe a little bit about what we think uh we expect to be the most active areas for supervisory action or intervention and i was gonna i was gonna kick off by talking about car finance this will be finally be the year uh, where the car finance providers the rubber hits the road and there's actually firm action for them forcing them to, to review you know some of the lending that um, that they've undertaken and 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 whether or not you know uh the, the, the fair value um has been uh, um provided in those products and some of the commission arrangements accessory sensitive arrangements that, that, that whether those are uh, lent or uh, aligned with customer best interest um, that was going to be my firm prediction uh, and of course yesterday the fca put out a very short <laughs> web page saying that's exactly what they're doing um so we won't uh, dwell on it here but suffice to say the fca have said they are going to use the section 166 tool that's skilled person review so that basically means appointing a third party to oversee um uh lenders in the in, in the car finance sector um reviewing um reviewing some of their previous uh lending and and seeking out customer detriment we don't know the exact terms of reference that will be handed to the put down for those reviews but but it's a very clear statement of intent just this week that that that's going to be happening now so my first prediction i was right um <laughs> i think i might be cheating a bit what what, what are your predictions ben well i think yeah certainly I'm sure the industry probably last week just wants to be left alone for a while to get on with embedding consumer duty, but I don't think they're going to get there, which um, I, I, I'm not sure on the conduct side, we'll see more major initiatives quite on the scale of consumer duty. But I think I'm pretty confident the FCA will kind of the, the various sectoral supervision teams there will use it to give firms a, yeah. a fairly hard nudge on their various areas of interest. I can imagine them using things like Dear CEO letters, potentially non-handbook or even handbook guidance to kind of, if they've got a particular business practice they object to, put a view out there that this practice is not consistent with the standards yeah. of consumer duty and almost kind of shadow ban things like that. Um, and, and in terms of the, the sort of scope and focus of any regulatory intervention, I think a lot of it's going to be on products, on value, on fair value yeah. assessments. Obviously, yeah. that's already started. They're out of the blocks very quickly on general insurers and brokers already, aren't they? And I think your expectation is that that even within that sector, there's more more to come. Is that is that right? I think I think so. Yes. And and as obviously they'll start looking at other sectors, too. And even yeah, even in the insurance sector where fair value and product governance actually isn't new, the SEA is already finding quite a lot. So I suspect as this gets to other sectors, there might be potentially. Yeah quite a rude awakening and potentially things could sort of grow arms and legs from there as as these yeah. things often do yeah um yeah, i think I there'll be a lot on third parties as well yeah no i was just going to echo that you're right but i mean they're they're, they're now there's a, a lot going out right, to wealth managers to investment platforms for instance to, to take examples of um sectors i i work a lot with that that, that are, um are, are talking about the same things that the insurance sector is is contending with by and, and the implication I suspect is there'll be school person reviews looking at looking at product governance and and fair value and and uh you know whether whether our customer outcomes align with um uh with, align with the expectation standards of the consumer duty so uh, uh yeah that that's got to insurance first but I think it's absolutely coming to coming to the wealth and investment sectors next yeah yeah exactly I think the 
the SCA is not in a mood to cut for as much slack on this. I think they have pretty much rapidly formed the view that they basically don't think anyone in the industry is really doing product governance properly, mm. as uh, evidenced by very few products being withdrawn or substantially amended. There have been a few examples, but yeah, no, the, well, the, hit the press are not, not a massive number. Um, and obviously the, the application of the list of closed books in, in the sort of middle of the year just gives them a whole other opportunity to uh, start banging the same drum and a whole other opportunity for firms to either prove the FCA right or prove them wrong. Um, so one of the things I, I tend to think of when I think about what where are the next sort of wave of regulatory actions coming from supervision or enforcement or even enforcement in some cases it, it I mean, as we know in, in in some cases it's 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 incident driven you know if, uh, you, you referenced it earlier in the context of operational resilience if an organization has a blow up then they're going to get a lot of scrutiny and it could you know as, as an incident a very in, idiosyncratic incident for them kind of lead to serious consequences but but on a more sort of thematic or market-wide basis i look I, I i look at you know where are the thematic reviews taking place because let's face it the history of a lot of thematic reviews are mm, there's, there's issues here and, and further action needs to be taken and there's a couple there's a couple that that, that um i'm thinking of when i say that one is uh there's been an at, at retirement advice thematic review going on so this is this is you know advice given to individuals as they reach retirement and the kind of options they they, they have there you know and then that's it's been a classic kind of let's 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 pull in a sample of files and review them and look for issues and you know the last time they did that exercise was on uh defined benefit pension transfers and um the, the consequences <laughs> consequences for that from a sort of firm redress point of view have been very significant i don't know I suspect that retirement advice is not going to be quite as as as, as bad in that respect, but um, you know it, it would seem likely that having undertaken a big exercise to to, to look at that area of um, service, um, that there wouldn't be some consequences for some firms. Um, and, and maybe I mean this is a, probably a little further ahead because I think it will happen later. But there's a a thematic review coming up on uh, private asset valuations. A governance around private asset valuations in particular um and uh, again you know, i think there's, there's a there's a there's a lot of investment firms at different levels of scale and complexity that are playing in that field investing in unlisted assets of one source or another and i suspect there'll be quite a variety of practices that they that they encounter when they do that review so it's, it's not hard to imagine um that that will lead to um supervisory activity as well again obviously to, to, to subset firms but but um quite significant for some um so yeah yes i think this is something i'd call out anything, anything else you 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 predict be coming down that 2024 turnpike um no i think everything else for me is is stuck in that unknown unknowns box yeah. of mystery <laughs> well let's um so rumor has it we're going to get a general election this year so uh uh <laughs> and um uh that might, you know, it's probably a long shot, you know, I, I don't, don't want to be overly uh, confident in prediction, but it, you know, it might conceivably result in a change of government. Um, OK, it's highly likely to result in a change of government <laughs> if it happens about now. Um, do we think that a change in government, particularly, I guess, in, 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 the, in the initial months of, uh, of, it, of, it, of it being in power is, is going to be a particularly have much significance from a regulatory development point of view or the way the regulators operate what's your prediction there i, I certainly don't think it's going to move the dial on anything 
overnight. Um, you know, yeah. I struggle to imagine that binning off consumer protection is a large vote winner for either party. So I can't imagine anyone's going to be proposing a huge bonfire of regulations. Um, so I think I suspect that existing initiatives are going to broadly continue. I think there might just be slight changes in emphasis. So uh, sort of any reviews of the the, the more regulatory capital-based elements of Solvency 2 under yeah. a Labour government probably might slightly more strongly prioritise consumer protection over releasing capital, albeit that's probably the way it's trending anyway, even under the current government. Yeah. Um, I think there might be a slight slightly higher level of enthusiasm for the sort of ESG and particularly the net zero transition elements of the agenda. But I, I think by and large, we all sort of stereotypically assume, don't we, that Labour governments would instinctively lean towards higher tax, higher regulation. But at the, at the moment, with their constant sort of narrative around boosting growth, I can't imagine they'll want to go too high, too hard there. I think, I think if there's a big impact anywhere, but again, this is unlikely to happen immediately, it'll probably be whatever Labour does or doesn't choose to do if it wins power in terms of any changes to the future relationship with Europe and yeah. whether it wants to. I know, I know they're ruling out rejoining the single market, yeah. I think, or they want to pursue a slightly closer sort of financial yeah. arrangement. Yeah, yeah I, I, I think it's, um, yeah, I think... You know, the I think the, uh, the the impact would be secondary in the sense that it would be changes in taxation or changes in trading, international trading arrangements that, <clears throat> that have a, a a as a secondary consequence on that is 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 the regulatory environment. Um, I don't think, although I might be proved wrong when they get around to publishing manifestos, I don't think any uh, any of the major parties or, or how many major parties do we have left? But anyway, I don't think any 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 of the likely winners of a general election are certainly not. They're not talking at the moment about doing anything seismic around financial services regulation no one's saying you know we're going to bash the PRA and the FCA back together again for instance or um or, or the like of I know that idea comes up now and again so so we might be surprised but yeah I'm, I'm I uh I think the uh the I, I would predict a sort of steady as she goes in terms of regulatory activity and rulemaking and, and it'll be it'll be the tax and trading arrangements um angle that'll be more relevant to FS firms or more, more likely to, to move the dial for FS firms. We shall see. Well, let me ask you one more question. I mean, we're going to we'll wrap up shortly. Um, but one more question, which would be, uh, what would you like to see happen? Is in, 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 in is, there, is there a Ben Farmer fantasy scenario in terms of regulatory activity for 2024? <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I always dream of the day that Perg just massively magically disappears when I when I think that 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 then takes the perimeter with it and that causes all manner of problems so that's probably not very realistic is it no no um well so 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 your your dream scenario is having a quiet life is that is that is that yeah pretty much basically saying yeah yeah no I can't I can't argue with that I think um yes I think I, I, I was Pondering this question myself, I, I think uh, my, my, my kind of my slightly boring answer would be: uh, um, I actually would like to see the pensions regulator lean into the consumer duty. I mean, you can, oh. and we obviously have at times discussed the consumer duty and some of the challenges and and, and potentially unintended, unintended consequences. So, so it's not a it's not a perfect piece of regulation. However. <clears throat> um, you know the, the TPR. There's an. There seems to be a fairly obvious cliff edge at this point between, uh, you know, where where your money is invested essentially, and 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 what you can expect from a sort of regulatory protections point of view. So if you if you're in a 
product that's regulated by the FCA, you're sitting pretty with a consumer duty. If you're in a, uh, a workplace pension under the TPR, you're basically not getting any of that. And and um, that, I think, creates a, a, a well, arbitrage is not the right word because it's not like a conscious decision to choose one or the other, but but it, but it, but it, certainly, it certainly creates a gulf in um, the expectations that essentially the same individual might have depending on where on the face of it their savings and, and, and investments have been have been wrapped up so so yeah i'd vote for the tpr and consumer duties getting to know each other um yeah beyond that yeah you, you play i mean what 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 does most of the industry want ideally a sort of fairly quiet life don't they in terms of i think yeah yeah gi industry definitely just want to sort of i think have a bit of a period of rule stability where they're not constantly trying to run three reg change projects at once and also day-to-day run the business yeah and also then deal with an SCA supervisory team who've just turned up on the doorstep after yeah. a firm review yeah yeah <laughs> do we think they're going to get firms are going to get that uh, uh no. no no not, no but you know it's um it, it's interesting I, I you know when we were talking about the the, the priorities in the in the rig I mean there's that you know there were there were elements there where quite a lot of elements there where you know it's it's it's, it's the regulators are clearly trying to um in, improve standards within the industry um but there also is quite a lot in there now which is about modernizing and trying to you know embrace technology and and rewrite rule sets that were written in some cases decades ago in terms of consumer credit law and and uh, you know some of the some of the rules around investment funds for instance in, in a way that that allows uh, allows the use of technology um, to, to 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 deliver well, you know, to, to avoid us being stuck in the dark ages, essentially, in terms of in terms of some of our international competitiveness. So, so yeah, it is it is it is an interesting time. There was a, there was a lot going on. I think a lot a lot of what what is being looked at actually needs to be looked at, whether that's from a consumer protection point of view or just from a modernisation point of view. Um, so uh, yeah, cheers to all of that happening in 2024, and us being able to come on here to talk about it on a regular basis. Um, so happy New Year, everyone! Uh, thank you for joining us. We will be back in February to uh, give our, I guess, um, more standardised uh, roundup of the events of the month. Um, maybe uh, later in the year, we'll reflect back on this episode and assess on a scale of one to 10, whether Ben was completely wrong. Um, I think we'll probably gloss over my own performance, but because, uh, you know, um, that's the way we roll here. Um, ben, thank you very much for joining us uh, and I'll see you soon. Thank you. I look forward to hearing you talk to my replacement after all of my woeful misredictions have undermined my credibility. Terminally. <clears throat> no, it's, it's, accountability is, uh, is uh, um, something we can, uh, can all uh, look forward to it one day at some point. All right. Goodbye, everyone.